All right, well, welcome back, everybody, to the Plugged In Podcast. Man, I'm excited about today. We've got uh, a very special guest hanging out with us today. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Ethan Willis came and spoke to our students in the outlet and um, talked about the aftermath of hurt and uh, talking to Ethan and working through this and um, just working through this series was really cool. And hearing his heart for what he had to share that night in the outlet was awesome. So, um, Ethan's going to hang out with us today. Uh, he's going to kind of walk us through everything that he talked about on Sunday night, and we're going to dive back into uh, the aftermath of hurt. Ethan, kind of tell us what, who are you? Like, what do you do? Like, what, why you love being a part of student ministry, and and why this is su- such an important topic to you? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I I was. I had the privilege of being a student pastor for several years here, and um, man, it was some of the greatest years. Uh, moved on, and we've been um, very blessed to have Stephen come in and, and join us, and I, I was privileged to be able to jump in on his leadership staff here and help uh, pr- predominantly with the middle school, and it's been been really, really good. Um, and, and so when he asked me to come in and jump in and teach on uh, the aftermath of Hurt, I was super excited. Uh, it was a good opportunity and a, and a great subject because so many kids, so many people, everyone dealing with hurt. I mean, just just going through this week, just look, you know, scrolling through my Facebook on a regular basis. Man, mm-hmm. it is just it breaks my heart to see the amount of hurt going on in our world, going on in our in just our local community. And so to be able to discuss that and and how to deal with how for the students to be able to deal with that in the the aftermath of going through that hurt the the and dealing with that pain and and how to to move on and and the next steps there I think is super critical and so you know Stephen had addressed uh, Mark chapter five and, and talking about the woman uh, who had been dealing with the the pain of the discharge for twelve years and 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 all the things that she had went through to attempt to be healed um, and just struggling with that trying to find healing and and I can imagine the the physical pain that she's dealing with but also the emotional and spiritual just trauma that she's going through mm-hmm. um obviously trying to find a solution for 12 years of 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 any issue is just unimaginable for me yeah um i love to fix problems and so not being able to fix a problem for 12 years 12 like, years dude blows my it's mind crazy um like i, I don't know where what i wh- what mental state i would even be at so i can imagine where she is and so then I started thinking of that and kind of, okay, we're, we're, from that step forward, she's in the middle of that. So now how does she begin to get, what are the steps she takes and what are some other um, Bible stories that we can look at, some other uh, illustrations we can use to kind of get us to this point? Um, and so I, I started thinking and I kind of came up with this idea that there are two basic responses to uh in the aftermath of hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you're in there, number, number one is that you can try to find that healing on your own. You can try to figure it out on your own. And I think for most of us, that's where we go to mm-hmm. yeah. because it's just, like I said, I'm, I'm a fixer. I want to fix all the problems. Sometimes my wife hates me for that because she doesn't need me to fix all her problems. And I just <laughs> like to fix them because that's just my personality. Yeah. Sophie's told me, look, I don't want you to fix anything. I just want you to sit there and listen to me. I've had, to, I'm the same. I've had to adjust to that for sure. Exactly. And, and so I think for us, right? Like that's first thing that we do. It's like, how can we fix it? How do, how do I fix this problem? How, how do I get rid of this pain? How do I deal with 
that hurt that's going on in my life, I, I've got to be, there's got to be a solution that I can do myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then number two, obviously, is finding healing with God, which is really where we should be number one, but unfortunately ends up being number two more right. times than not, right? Yeah. So then I started looking at th- th- those two contexts, th- those those two steps, um, in light of the story in Mark five, and then I also moved into the story in John chapter four, which is the woman at the well that that right. Jesus meets, right? Yeah. And the hurt that she had been going through, uh, we we know from her story that she's coming to this well at midday in the in the heat of the desert, heat of the day to draw water because she wants to be alone. Um, and you, you can kind of gather from context clues that she's probably there because she's been rejected mm-hmm. by everyone, probably because she's had lots of husbands and she's just struggled with that. And so people, for whatever reason, um, maybe it's her commitment issues, maybe it's whatever, but, but she's been rejected and she knows that the only time that she can go to the well and do it peacefully without being ridiculed is in the middle of the day mm-hmm. and not at, you know, dusk when everyone else is going. Yeah. And I think that's super interesting to me, like the correlation between the two passages and those two women, you know, they're two totally different stories, but I think sometimes like they have a lot of overlap because the woman at the well you know, she's socially outcast. She has had many husbands, and Jesus says to her, the one that you're with right now is not your husband. So she is this kind of social misfit that people have rejected uh, for almost a totally different, but essentially the same reason as the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. You know, they're both outcast women, and Jesus deals with them in seemingly very different ways, but at the same time, he deals with this same um, heart condition that they've got going on uh, in a very personal way. And the way that you have like brought those two passages together and had kind of a marriage between the two of them, I think it's so cool to see just how intentional Jesus is of dealing with those kinds of hurting people that feel the way that those two women felt. And I feel like they were so lonely and like desperate and had nothing else to give. And one woman knew exactly what she needed and one didn't. Uh, but Jesus met both of their needs in the middle of their shame and their guilt and their rejection. I just thought that was such a cool correlation between the two passages. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, that's the the amazing thing about the Bible in itself there's so many different things that you can pull out of it and you can get from that as you, as you study it and so many different ways that God really kind of illustrates similar concepts, but in completely different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and if you read the old Testament, you know, he, I mean, he had to tell the Israelites over and over and over and over again, the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I often say it's, it's because we're dumb people and because we, no matter how many times we, we think that we've learned our lesson. We we go back to that same thing again, and we struggle with the same thing. And and God needs to remind us. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, oftentimes in the Bible, that's what's happening. It's just God using different stories to meet different people, but but telling similar concepts because they're so important. And, right. and this one is 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 one of those really critical uh, things that we need to gather about how to deal with hurt and how how God and how or how Jesus can can do that for us. Right. 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 
And so I basically kind of boiled it down to a couple of different things here. I said, when it came to how we deal with that and, and the number one, right, that we're trying to find healing on our own, I said that there's three things that I, that I can gather from the story and just from personal context. And, and the first one, and you, you just mentioned it, right, is that when, it, when we try to do that on our own, when we try to find that healing, we, we find ourselves being way more alone than anything else, right? Mm -hmm. we, yep. we we feel like if I can just fix this, I can get back to the way life used to be. I can get back to where I've where everything is normal. But yet we we end up feeling so alone, and and oftentimes, and I and I told the the students that the other night, right, that it's not just the the physical being physically alone and and like literally not having anybody with you, but it's mm -hmm. the the emotional state of being alone where you may feel like people or people may be around you, but you just don't feel that inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what can get to us so mu so much, right? Because we hold things in, we don't we don't let it go, we don't tell people about the stuff that we're going through, and we're dealing with it alone instead of giving it to God and 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 letting the church help us get through the pain and the hurt that we're dealing with. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is, not only do we feel alone, but we feel hopeless, right? We feel like there's there's no way because we we just like the the woman in Mark five she tried and tried and tried and tried and and and, and fortunate for her I think she had seen what Jesus had been doing, so she she had recognized that there was an answer that that could that could solve that but but th this woman at the well like she she just felt like there was no answer yeah. like her answer was to come to the well at midday because she didn't have another solution to solving her problem mm. I'm sure she had tried a number of things to regain her status, to get people to like her, to, to, to bring back. But now she's just in this mode where she just feels hopeless. Mm -hmm. She's coming to the well alone because she's got to get water and there's nothing else to do, but she's probably going to go home and she's with this guy, but she probably feels, she still feels alone. She feels like there's no way out. I'm never going to get back to the way things used to be. And man, what a, what a, a difficult and just painful feeling to be in. Like, like we're, we're already dealing with hurt and now it's just getting worse. Right. It's that. a, it's a tough cycle. Like, you see that that guilty cycle continue in your life. Like the more you don't deal with the hurt in your life, I, I see that with both of these women. You know, the woman in Mark chapter five uh, with the issue of blood said that she had suffered much under many doctors. And you know, I talked uh, the week before you did about like all the different remedies that they had that doctors would try to perform perform on her and like 11 in total and i think that is absolutely insane that she went through 11 different different treatments trying to figure out some kind of so solution and still had no hope and she was on her her last leg i mean she had nothing left to give nothing left to search for and i think that is the cycle that we get into as we try things over and over and over again we wind up feeling lonely. When we feel lonely, we feel hopeless. And when we feel hopeless, it's just never ending. And we just continue to dig ourselves into that hole. I, I'm guilty of that for sure. Oh, absolutely. Me too. You know, you, you, you feel like you can handle it. You, you, you keep it all in. And then you just, you feel at some point you get to, you get to this place where it's like, I just, I don't even know where to turn. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. So, so we feel alone, we feel hopeless. And lastly, we, we've, we feel unloved, right? We, they're, they're, we're looking for love. We, we're looking for acceptance. Maybe that's the right word there, right? From from other people. We, we, but yet, the more we try to solve it on our own, we just feel like that's never coming, hmm. right? Yeah. This woman at the well, I mean, I don't know her story, but I, I can imagine 
if, if she's had five husbands and she's with another one now that there was something she was looking for or something that was unfulfilled in her life that she she was trying to get in. She just couldn't get it, right? Yeah. And because she was looking in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And how often do we we look in the wrong place for where the solution is right there? We 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 know the solution is Jesus. We know the solution that he, that he can give us that. And yet we we sit here and and we wallow and we 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 just you know throw pity parties for ourselves instead of saying, okay, you know what? It's time to turn this over to God and let him really handle it. Yeah. I think that, that the word that comes to mind and, you know, Jesus even speaks this in some translations to that woman at the well and tells her that she's looking for satisfaction. And for me, you know, I see that being kind of a, a strange word, but a very important word in that context, because yes, she was looking for satisfaction. And I feel like when we're hurting and we start trying to find things that that's what we're looking for is satisfaction and maybe that approval and that love. But at the end of the day, we're not ever going to find satisfaction in being alone. We're not ever going to find satisfaction in wallowing in our hurt, like you said. Instead of looking for satisfaction, I feel like we should be looking for more of a solution rather than just to be satisfied for a moment because satisfaction is often temporary. Um, Jesus offered a solution, not just a satisfaction in that moment. Definitely. Yeah. So then I started thinking, okay, so if we got, if we find ourselves when we try to do it on our own, right? And we find ourselves alone, we find ourselves hopeless, we find ourselves unloved. Then what does it look like on the opposite side when instead of choosing to try to find the solution on our own, that we begin to actually do what we probably should have done from the get go, and that's deal with hurt with God, give it to God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think both of these women see the the they see what happens at the end that they should have done, and they both recognize, man, we should have just done this a long time ago, right? Yeah. What 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 would my life have been like had I just found that living water right. like the woman at the well? She's like, I w- I want this living water. I w- I don't want to be thirsty anymore. Right. And he's like, this living water won't just fulfill your thirst. You know, doesn't just fulfill your your satisfaction now. This is this is eternal. Right, right, right. Do you, do you think that like this could be a whole other podcast in and of itself? But do you think that um, we're allowed to go through those trials just so that? ultimately we can get to the solution and learn the lessons from the trials rather than, you know, everything just being handed to us on a silver platter. Like a question that gets asked a lot is, did God allow you to go through that trial? Like, did did he allow these women to live their lives like this to learn the lessons and become so desperate that their only solution was found in Jesus? Their only hope was found in him. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think sometimes, yes, I think sometimes we do have to go through those, those challenges. I think God always presents that opportunity. So it's not like he wasn't always there for them, mm-hmm. but he wasn't just going to make, make the solution obvious. It wasn't like he was putting up some flashing sign. Where it was like, here's where you go. I think right. he, it's like, I'm always here. Yeah. I was always here. You just didn't choose me. You mm-hmm. chose these other op- options, and I think that's what we do too, right? Yeah. It's not like God is putting necessarily making us go through the trial, but He is allowing us to go through those mm-hmm. trials because we are actively choosing not to 
run to him first. Yeah. 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 One thing I heard uh, a while ago, and I thought this was so good um, and really kind of put things into perspective in my life is um, stop giving the devil credit for things that God's allowing to happen in your life. Like when you're going through a bad situation, stop blaming it on Satan all the time because sometimes it's not him putting these things in your way. It's God allowing you to walk through this trial. I mean, Jesus himself was tempted and temptation in and of itself is not necessarily a sin. Even Jesus was tempted and he was perfect. So temptation cannot be a sin. However, your response to that temptation is the sin. And the more that you choose to respond in a worldly way, in a selfish way, then you find yourself in this, again, this cycle of hopelessness and being unloved and shame and guilt that both of these women found themselves in. But a lot of times we blame Satan for those things when God's just allowing us to walk through those trials so that at the end of it, man, we we got nothing left but to give him glory and honor and praise because we're just so desperate for him. Definitely. I, I think I think he... He definitely lets us get through those or lets us allows us to work through those things because I think that is that is the way we learn. And yep. and and I know as a parent, right, that, that and you're learning this too, right, that there are times when I could stop my my 4-year-old son from doing something that I know <laughs> is going to inevitably hurt him, right? Yeah. <laughs> um and, and and not that I would ever allow him to be extremely hurt, but I might let him do a little something that may, you know, hurt his feelings or hurt something because I, I want him to learn that when you do that, there are consequences right, for that right, right, so that yeah. he won't do it in the future. And yeah. I, I think sometimes that's, that's kind of that same concept that God is working in. It's like, it's not that I'm, I'm, I'm forcing you to do this, but I'm giving you the choice, right? I'm, 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 I'm giving you the opportunity. You, you didn't choose me. And so here's what's going to happen. And ultimately you're going to recognize you need to come back to me. Yep. Yep. Brees was running down a hill at a baseball game the other night. And the first time she ran down, she tripped and she fell and she hit her face on the ground, but she got right back up and she went back to the top of the hill. And so she knew that she had to like, hold on to me or be close to me the next time so that she wouldn't fall and bust her face. Yeah. I mean, you, and that's what I'm saying. Like you could have easily grabbed her and stopped her from face planting. Mm Mm-hmm. But you knew that it wasn't going to be the end of the world for her to face plant, and it right. was going to to result in her being much more careful the next time. And that's yeah. that's kind of what I, where kind of how I see it. We're also not reckless parents. Like I just want to put that out yeah. there. Yeah, no, like, we don't allow our re- kids to like jump off of buildings or anything. <laughs> like, this no. is this is like okay, you can stand on a chair or something, and if you fall, we're gonna be there to help you and catch you. But next time, let's just not do that. We're not reckless parents here, people. For sure. Uh, so so back to what we were talking about, right? So we, we, we find our healing on our own or we try to find it through God. So when we find it through God, then unlike before, now we find hope, right? Mm-hmm. We find hope in knowing that, that that Jesus is always there for us. And and, and this week um, or this past week, I, I kind of thought about this in a different context. Um, you know, you, you told us about this, uh, this young lady that passed away from cancer this mm-hmm. past week. And it kind of reminded me of that because I saw a bunch of posts because um, I'm friends with uh, apparently a lot of her friends. Yeah. Didn't know that. Uh, it was kind of cool, but I saw how everybody kind of came up with this common theme of she had hope in Jesus. She mm-hmm. knew her eternal destiny. She, w- w- she, you know, she had suffered for a long time, but she had come to this recognition and this realization that it was okay. Yeah. That, you know, it, it because she knew where her hope lied. Mm-hmm. 
she knew where her hope was. And I think that's where we have to get to. It doesn't mean that the pain is going to necessarily go away. It doesn't mean that we're going to be free from the hurt necessarily, but it means that there, there is that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. There, there is a, a future hope that that it's not always going to be this way. That that we are going to find a, a solution someday, and maybe that solution isn't on Earth, right? For for this for this lady, her 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 healing solution wasn't on Earth, and for us here on Earth, that's hard to deal with. But for her now, she's walking in heaven, and 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 right there next to to, to God, like. Her solution is amazing, yeah. And her hope was unresolved and and was incredible. And she's seeing the ends of that. So I, I think for us recognizing that, finding our hope in Jesus and putting that hope in Jesus, gives us something that we could never have in, otherwise, and that's hope. Yep, yep. It, Jesus kind of promises us that we're going to have some bad times. He, he says, "I've told you these things so that in me you can have peace. You will have suffering in this world." But be courageous. I have overcome the world. And that's where that hope lies, man. That's 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 remarkable. Yeah, for sure. So we find hope. And then we also find community, right? Both of these women were alone and they were out. Like you said, they were outcast. And, and Jesus brought them into a community that they didn't have before, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That they didn't see. And so often that's what we need, right? And we're, it's like I said before, some of it's not that we didn't physically have people around us, but that we kind of rejected those people around us because we, we kind of pulled ourselves away and we need to put ourselves back into that. We need to be willing to, to let people know about the pains and the sufferings that we're going through and the hurts um, because those people around us can help. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like that's something that I deal with regularly because I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to just kind of internalize it mm-hmm. and hold it in and deal with it myself and I've had to learn over the years that, you know, a lot of times, man, it just, it, it, it kind of grows in you and it just makes things worse. If, and if you're just willing to just share with somebody, just let it out and say, look, I'm going through this. Can you just pray for me? Can you just help me with this? Not that they have to solve it, but just that you got somebody on your side that can give it to God as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That community is so important, man. We, we, you know, when we first came to Harvest, this past week was our four year anniversary being at Harvest, which is crazy to think that it's been four years, but you know, when we first came here, it was really a struggle. And, you know, I don't blame COVID for that, but, you know, we had a COVID year where we didn't see anybody. And so it was a struggle for Sophie and I to really find our community here at this church. And man, once we did, uh, like we've, we've gotten around some people that have just been um, really tremendous for both of us, for our walk. And, you know, when things happen in our lives, oftentimes those are some of the first people that we turn to. And it's been pretty awesome to know that, that community is so valuable, dude. I, I tell young youth pastors all the time, um, one of the first things you need to do when you're taking on a new church is you need to find your people because community is invaluable. I cannot stress that enough to students who are listening, to adults who are listening especially. Community is invaluable in your life, and you will never understand what it means to you until you need it. And when you don't, when you need it and you don't have it, Oh man, it's it's rough. Almost when, definitely, when you... I I can remember, and you know, this has been years ago now. When I first came on staff, we had um, I, I met with all our youth leaders, and I can remember Charlie Sigenthaler coming to me at the end of that meeting, and he said, "Look, I've got your back no matter what." He said, "I'm always going to be here for you," mm-hmm. and and that statement from him like meant the world to me because it was like I, I'm I'm fresh, I'm new, I'm coming in here, you know, I've 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 never done this before. 
But this guy who'd been doing youth ministry for, you know, 20 plus years is like, look, I've got your back. I will yeah. support you. Yep. And and knowing that and having that person on your side, I mean, and having that community that that you can rely on that's going to support you is is so key. Yeah, especially a guy like Charlie. For that's for always sure. a guy you want in your corner. No doubt. So you find hope, you find community, you find the love that you are missing, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. Because that love is found in God. Yep. We, we we you know we talked about it before that we we try to find the satisfaction in all these other things, right? But ultimately, the satisfaction or the love that you really need is only found in Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. And we've we've got to stop running to these other things, running to people, to guys, to girls, to things to try to fulfill what only God can do. Yep. And I see it so often in our students right now it's they they think that they can find that in something else and it's like look it's okay to have a boyfriend or girlfriend or it's okay to like doing playing sports or doing all this but you cannot find your your identity in that you cannot find your satisfaction in that mm-hmm. because it it has to be found in Jesus or you're going to be missing something inside yep yep there's always going to be a piece that just isn't quite there and then finally, we find life, right? You find that eternal life. That's what I mentioned before. That the, the lady, the woman at the well, she's like, "I want that. That uh, I, I want to not be thirsty anymore." And he's like, "No, I'm not just trying to fulfill your your thirst right now. Like, I want to give you something that's going to fulfill your thirst for eternity." Right. And that's something that you can only get through Jesus. It's not that he's just. It's not just that he's going to heal your hurt now, but that that he is saying that he's going to heal your hurt for eternity. Mm-hmm. And that you're not going to have to experience suffering forever because one day you're going to get to live in heaven where there is no more suffering, there's no more pain, there's no more crying. All of that goes away. Mm, yeah, that's that's like a reckoning that I've had to to deal with over the last few weeks, uh, reading through the first part of Romans and going through this uh, little study that I'm I'm doing. It's been pretty awesome to see that you know, and I, I talked to my small group about this last Sunday night. Um, it's pretty amazing to me to know that, you know, at 16, when I finally decided to stop playing games and let God catch up to me and let his love find me, um, the sin that I was dealing with in that moment, um, that wasn't the only sin that he paid for on the cross. Like, he paid for the future sin. Like, that was 12 years ago, almost 13 years ago now. And I, I know that 13 years later, that sacrifice still covers my sin to this day. And 13 years into the future, it's going to cover those sins as well. And not just for me, but also like for my daughter, you know, 13 years from now, she'll be 15 years old. And those sins that she's committing then, Christ died for that as well. And like that has just been mind boggling to me. I I don't understand it. I won't ever understand it, but I'm so grateful that like it wasn't just a a one sin sacrifice. This was for all of my sin, for all of eternity. And that life is not just found in one day. It's it's new life every single day. His mercies are new every morning and it continues to grow and grow and grow. I think that's amazing to think about. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I, I often think about Romans 5 eight talking about how that when I when I was still in my sin, right? When I'm mm-hmm. still running from God, mm-hmm. that somehow God would die for me it's just an incredible incredible fact uh for us to keep in our minds but i think we go back right and we go back to our our first two points right how do we deal with the aftermath of hurt how do we deal when we're when we're in that hurt and now we're trying to get out of that and we're trying to get through it we've been hurt and now we're trying to 
to find the solution to get out. Mm-hmm. What do we do, right? Most of us, we try to do number one. We try to find it on our own. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to, as a, as a group and as individuals, we've got to begin to learn that our number one source has to be God. We've got to quit trying to do number one first, which is try to find it on our own. And we've got to turn to number two, which should be number one in the first place, right? right. God should always be number one. Mm-hmm. Let God, give it to God first. Give him the pain, give him the suffering and say, God, help me to get through this. Give me the guidance, the, the, the show me where to go. And God will do that for you. He'll provide you the solution. He's just waiting for you to come back to him, right? Yep. He's waiting for you to choose him. Mm-hmm. It remind you know I, I'm always reminded reminded when I when I think of these kind of uh, of the um, the prodigal son, right? Yep. The father never left, and he never stopped loving his son, and he never stopped wanting his son to come back. Yep. But he was all he was doing was waiting for his son to come back, and when he did, he was running out to him, and and I promise you that God is waiting to do the same thing for you. He sees you running away from you from him. He sees you trying to solve it on, on your own. And he's saying, look, just come to me and I can help you. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 That's a, a point that, you know, I, I heard another pastor say, um, he asked this question. If you don't feel close to God in this moment, um, you have at one point, but you don't right now. The question is who moved, you know, that illustration is so good. The prodigal son, that's exactly like, Jesus had to have known that this would have ramifications for years and years and years to come, and that we would be sitting here talking about this. And it's wild to think that that illustration of this father who he stayed at home and never stopped loving his son, never stopped caring about his son, and the day that his son decided to come home, he was standing there at the end of the street with arms wide open, ready to give him a hug. And that's pretty remarkable to know that he never moved like he didn't just go about his business and move on with his life and not care. He was right there the whole time. But the son is the one who went off and did all these things. So if you don't feel that close to God, who's moving? That's a that's a tough question to answer sometimes. It is, but I think that is that's the super critical question to answer because most of the time it's us and yep. we we've got to be willing to surrender ourselves and say and and admit it and and, and give it over to God to say, "Look, I've I've been running away and it's mm-hmm. time it's time to stop. Yep. Yep. So I, I think this this end part, um looking back at some of the notes, um, let's get super practical real quick. And I want you just to hit on those last four things of how do you find healing in God? Sure. Uh, just real quick hit on those as something practical for people to take away. Absolutely, yeah. So if we're thinking, if now we're taking it to the practical side, right? We, we've talked about all this stuff and and that we need to find this healing in God's. But but how do you practically do that? How do you put that in your life? Well, number one, it's what I just said, right? You got to submit it to God. Mm-hmm. You got to quit running and you got to submit to God and say, God, I've got a problem. I've, I've got this pain. I've got this hurt, and I need help. Um, and then number two, you you've got to see yourself as God sees you. I think far too many times we see ourselves through this pain, and 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 it's just like what we said. God always loves you. You are you you are a ch- his child, mm-hmm. and he, that's the way he sees you continually, no matter what you're going through. And you 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 can never do something too bad that he will not still be waiting here with open arms for you to come back to him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so we've got to quit seeing ourselves differently and start seeing ourselves how God sees us. Number three, we've got to meditate on God's word, man. We've shown it just now in this you know, few minutes that we've been talking. There are so many truths within the Word of God 
that can remind us of all of these things that we're talking about. And we need to be daily in his word, studying this stuff, because that is what's going to give us that hope. That's what's going to give us that life. That's what's going to show us all of these things as God continues to reveal those things to us through his word. Yep. And then finally, and not to be uh, forgotten, is to lean on others. Mm. And we talked about community. You've got to have people that you can lean on. You've got to have support. You can't do it alone. you 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 can try all day long but you need support you need people you need people that that will be there for you that will help you that when you're struggling that aren't going to judge you for all the things that you're doing but are going to love you and help you and and help you get through those things and 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 give you the support that you the godly support that you need right yeah yeah absolutely so just as we close this out uh just remember those four steps to kind of uh, hand your hurt over to God. Um, submit them to God. Hand them over. Confess like that woman did in Mark chapter five. See yourself as God sees you. You know He called both of those those women. He called them daughters, children of His. Um, meditate on God's word. Remind yourself of it daily, 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 daily. Remind yourself of what God's word says about you, about your hurt, and who Jesus is. And then lastly, lean on others, man. Develop that community, get around some good people and, and know that they're there to support you and lift you up. And um, then just watch how God deals with your hurt. It's pretty remarkable. Well, Ethan, man, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you teaching in the outlet. It was definitely a great Sunday. Um, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us, walking us through this. And, and man, I, I hope that this is uh, kind of encouraging for somebody as they listen to this and maybe they're they're going through something right now, and they're dealing with this hurt. I, I pray that they can take these practical steps, apply them to their lives, and realize that um, option number two should always be option number one. I love that. And I appreciate it. And uh, you got any last words to say? Uh, thanks for having me on today. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I do hope you guys take that to heart, that we, we really need to, to, to make God number one priority. He should it, He should always be the one that we go to. we got to quit going to ourselves, thinking we can do it on our own, as hard as that may seem, take it to God, give it to him first. And I promise you, you'll see the fruits of of your labor for that. And you'll see the healing uh, start to come. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to the Plugged In Podcast. Make sure you uh, give it a like on Spotify, follow us on Apple Music, leave us a review if you got to. Uh, we'd love to get this out there, share it with people around you. Um, it's a great way to stay connected to people and also share a little bit of God's Word. So we appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. Peace out. Mm-hmm.